With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, I thought you were just fighting. All right, I thought you were doing the test. I thought we were doing one, two, three, four. Fuck that. I did it before we came. Oh, okay. Yeah, as soon as I do the point, that's it. We're going to do like on TV where you go three, two. It's like some Stevie Wonder shit where he just like does all the vocals himself. No, you're right. You're supposed to do the. You're right. Supposed to do the three, two, one. Welcome back to Below the Belt. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Cal. Oh, Merry Christmas, Al. Merry Christmas tea. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Oh, PC nice. shit, man. PC shit. Yeah. You guys Christmas guys, you bought humbug guys. No, I hate it. It's really? Yeah, I hate it. You've got a child. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, but they're not old enough to do anything yet. Yeah, a year but old. still, though, you know. When they're, when they're a bit older, I'll like it, yeah, because you know, when you can get like those guns, used to be able, you ever get those uh, like laser guns where you yeah. put a uh, like chest laser on. tag? You put a chest on, but if you get if the laser hits your thing, you get a little electric shock. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you want to shock your child? Yeah. It's only a little one. It's like a little, little thing, like a little buzz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind the day itself. Everything around it's a bit lame. What's the yeah. best boxing present that you've had? What's the best boxing gift, birthday, or Christmas present that you've had? I've only ever had one. It's pretty lame. What was it? Boxing monthly subscription. <laughs> yeah. I got that actually yeah, last year. Get it? It's a fantastic Christmas present. Boxing monthly subscription for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. For all ages. Absolutely. And first issue of the year gets the free calendar with it. That's true. Yep. This I think this one is future Hall of Famers because yes. it has a theme every year. Yeah. So this one is future Hall of Famers. My favorite present is that uh, the present I got last year for the people that can't see that it's a portrait of uh, Lennox Lewis and Floyd Mayweather's faces merged together and it's got like the Union Jack and uh, the Star Spangled Banner <laughs> in the background it's the bollocks it Union really flag not Union Jack by the way Union, Union flag sounds kind of Union wrong. Jack is only on a ship is it? Really? I'm, I'm on form today yeah what is the Union on a Jack? ship? A Union Jack is a flag that's on the ship really? why is it different? Union flag is just the does it flag. look different? 
No, it's the same flag, but it's, oh, it's only you know. Just called it when it's on the ship. Yeah. Ah, how interesting. It's not interesting. We cover Shop everything. Shopping knowledge at this point. We man. cover everything on this there podcast. Well, let's. Speaking of covering everything, someone who covered every inch of that ring on uh, at the weekend was Billy Joe Saunders. What a performance! He was immense, wasn't he? I mean, best performance of his career. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it was just. I mean, I, I picked Lemieux in the fantasy league because I needed the points. <laughs> but I thought, I just thought, I thought if he's not lived the life which has been thrown at, um, at Billy Joe before, despite his numerous talents. Yeah. Um, I thought if he ends up taking a couple of breaks and goes to the ropes, maybe maybe Lemieux can yeah. um, can fire off. But Lemieux's feet were just he was awful. Awful. He? I mean, the, the the difference between the two, arguably, was was the feet because. Billy Joe just fired that jab every time he saw him come and take a step step in, and then I just boxed his ears off. Yeah. Well, what I mean, what did you think? Tell us. I now. think the I think every, every, you know it was the classic uh, boxer versus puncher kind of matchup. Um, but Lemieux barely landed a shot. He barely landed anything on him. Um, I don't, and I think even if he would have landed something, I don't think it would have mattered too much because Saunders has never looked wobbled in his whole career. The most he's ever looked troubled was against Chris Eubank. Mm. That's the most I've ever seen. But he's, I've never seen a leg dip from him in his in his whole career. He's got a great chin. So, and he just he was he was immense. He actually looked for the first time like a world class fighter, like mm. a genuine world class fighter, like top five middleweight, easy kind of thing. Now he, he was anyway, but now he's he's right up there with with uh, Golovkin and Canelo and Jacobs and. He gives all of them a fight now. And yeah. Just looking at that, it's like he gives all of them a fight. I'm not saying he beats them all, but he gives all of them a fight. What is what the fuck, fuck is, is that? It's Timmy. Can I take a battery out or something? I can, yeah. Yeah, can we take a battery out of that? Because yeah. that's just going to keep going Timmy every every five seconds. Okay. <laughs> some kind of South right, Park South money box when or I, something. When I take the, take the battery out, forewarning people, it's going to go Timmy a lot. Well, just put it outside or something. It's like, ah, ah, he's going to go fucking mad. Just, this is, this is amateurish. This is so professional. What are you doing now? Taking a battery out. Right, okay. T, talk to me about, about Lemuse, because I watched, I watched it on an American stream uh, and watched all the prep beforehand and, and they were big on Lemuse and I didn't see many people on forums either picking Billy Joe from the American side, I mean. Yeah, Whereas but... we were all pretty confident that he would do the job. I watched the, um, uh, someone had uploaded it to Daily Motion. Probably shouldn't tell on the pod, but anyway. So that had the US commentary, and uh, Roy Jones was amazing, by the way, on the commentary. He was um, very insightful, called a fight very well. What surprised me about the commentary, they didn't refer to him being an Olympian. You know, he's um, fought at a very high level as an amateur. He's got a lot of skills, you know. Um, and I also found, learned today that um, that he lost to the eventual silver medalist in the 2008 Olympics, so he's no mug. Mm. And they just kind of thought he was just some kind of joker from from the UK. I felt that he was going to win on points because, as Cal says, he's never had his legs dipped or anything. He's got a solid chin. He's got good fundamentals. And I think, I guess he's kind of found his niche of Dominic Ingle as, as well. Interesting, isn't it? You wouldn't have... I mean, when that was announced, I was, I was surprised. Not uh, Yeah, surprised, I guess, but it was a bit like, hmm. We all, thought, we, all, we all thought he'd pull out, wouldn't we? You know, I, I yeah. thought, yeah, one week to go, or he just pulls out, but he's lived the life. Yeah, and he has. He's taken himself up to Sheffield. You saw all the rest of the of the Ingle gym there as well, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. You know, whatever that means, does it mean anything? I don't know, but it's 
it's it, it was nice to see. It shows means... he's really knitted into. Yeah. The, he's not like he's he's gone up to the Ingle Gym and he's now, but he's an outsider in the gym. He is very much part of the family. If mm. you like, he's really knitted himself into the gym. The fact that Kelbrook was there, Kid Galahad, Tyson Fury was there, uh, Tyson Fury's new trainer was there as well. It was um, no, he's clearly really really thriving under Ingle, and perhaps it was just getting out of the same old environment. Yeah. I think Mark said when Mark was on a few podcasts ago. Boxers a lot of the time in the travel when they're in the travelling community they've got so much going on mm. in terms of in the community that it kind of just affects the boxing and it just seems like he's really settled down now and he's really he was in great shape didn't he he looked in great shape he was he's been training so hard and that I think also that's helped him is that he boxed so soon after the Willie Monroe fight yeah Willie Monroe fight was end of September middle of September he's boxed again you know middle of December no no dicking about and got straight back in and he it's looked good. he looked good for it he did he looked really really good for it and. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does next. I heard his... Sorry, Tico. I mean, yeah, that's what's interesting. I mean, does he does he mark time by... Well, I shouldn't really say mark time fighting Jacobs, but does he mark time fighting a Jacobs or another top top middleweight? Or does he just wait and wait for Golovkin or Canelo? I think he, I personally think he should he should fight as much as he can. Yes, I agree. And I think I think the Jacobs fight, as much as on the surface of it with, with Eddie and Frank, might look uh, difficult, I think, because of the respective TV... Deals now in this US, uh, you know, match from USA. I actually think that might be a bit easier to make than perhaps um, that perhaps it looks on 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 the surface. I, I think that might be I might be done. I want to run something past you because I heard today um, a snippet of a of a question that was put to um, put to someone was uh, who was your UK British sorry yeah British pound for pound number one Ooh. right now and a couple of people said Billy Joe Saunders. That's not outrageous. Hmm. Uh, you look at that resume. Andy yeah. Lee, Chris—I mean, the Chris Eubank Jr. win ages brilliantly. Yeah, I'd uh, have to say Frampton though still. Yeah, even yeah, Frampton though, was not. The, even though Frampton didn't look, may not have been at his best the other day, and he lost to Santa Cruz. I still think he's probably the most accomplished boxer on these shores. I mean, you at Saunders, it just depends. I think next year, if he continues as he is on the same trajectory, then 100%. I saw a tweet on Monday saying, you know, saying Saunders is up there with the elite at middleweight, and they put. Um, Demetrius Andrade in there, like, like, come on! I mean, I love this. This is one of my yeah, favorite fighters. Andrade, yeah. yeah, I mean, after he smashed up uh, Brian Rose, Brian Rose yeah. you know, I've been a big fan of him. But this is he's a light middle going up in weight. I think Saunders is definitely, definitely up there with the best. But uh, pound for pound, British weight. Just to ask you a question. I know it's difficult to put heavyweights in there with Anthony Joshua, but. Mm. I, I, I don't know it's a good yeah, question it's a very good question I think Billy Joe Saunders I wouldn't argue to toss too much about that to be yeah. honest uh, George Groves mm. I think is is one of it. Um, I think Frampton's a good shout as well he's probably the most well, accomplished <laughs> shows how far British boxing has fallen though isn't it got a thing like that, <laughs> uh, I, I think yeah. I think Belly's not active enough I think he has been active enough of late um, and you know the hay win was good, but it does have a big asterisk next to it. Boxrec had uh, Scott Quigg in theirs. Fuck me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was a good question. Maybe we'll spend a bit more time. That on That is it a really good year, question. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would. George probably or Billy Joe Saunders. I think Billy Joe Saunders is a good shout. Well, speaking of of, of super middleweights, as, as those two are, um, one big shock that we had in the uh, last weekend was James DeGale losing his IBF uh, super middleweight title um, against. Uh, I mean I found that highly amusing yeah. um, because of 
purely because I knew what tweet George Groves was going to tweet exactly uh, afterwards. The same tweet that DeGale <laughs> tweeted to him, which I, I think is, is great. But, yeah, I mean, my thoughts on, on DeGale, I, I, I didn't watch it live because I was, I was in the States at the time and it was weird timing. But um, I, I watched it back and I thought, DeGale looked... Uh, I don't buy the whole too soon after the injury thing, personally. I, I thought... I just thought it looked like he hadn't been living the life. And I don't know how, how true that is. It's just a gut feeling where it just seemed everything was a couple of milliseconds off. Feet wasn't quite as good. Um, uh, the, that little pivot switch that he does, um, uh, pivoting off the, off, the, off the front foot, just wasn't really there. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it, yeah, it was a deserved loss. In, in my view, I didn't, I didn't see anything different, did you? I thought he was really poor, wasn't he? he was, I thought he was so poor. Um, I don't. I thought it was mad that Steve Bunce thought he won by a round. I thought it was absolutely mental. Oh, well, I didn't see it because obviously I had to watch uh, it on a different type of stream. I didn't yeah. know that that was the case, really. Yeah, that, yeah, Steve Bunce had him by a round. Never in a million years did he win that fight. Okay. He, he he was outworked in every round, and he just he looked like a shot fighter to me. Mm. He looks he looks. The thing is with Degal, and I said this few podcasts ago, he goes life and death with everybody. Doesn't matter who it is. He has a hard fight with them, and it's been that way since he was fighting in Blue Water Shopping mm. Centre on Channel Five. He always goes life and death with everyone, and it's caught up with him. He's just had one too many hard fights, and then a really long layout. And to be fair to Truax and his camp, they had their game plan right, and they said, they said after the fight, we know he doesn't like pressure. We watched the Jack fight, we pressured, and they just worked and worked and worked. And mm. fair play to Truax because fitness was unbelievable. Yeah, and he got knocked out in a round by Anthony Dorrell mm. not long ago. So for him to come back and win a world championship away from home, mm. you know, and our judges aren't the best. Fair play to him, you know, for coming over and doing the, doing the job and he deservedly won the fight. The Gale, I just he's always got you know really disappointing. Oh, I've come back too soon, and before yeah. it was the knee, and then yeah. it was, and obviously the shoulder injury was legit, but. He's always got an excuse, and I find it really tiresome, to be honest with you. Um, T, was it? Sorry, yeah, go finish off. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, I think you should jack it in. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. T, I don't think there's much more for him. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, T, do you, was De Gale ever as good as as perhaps it was mooted that he was after after he won the world title? So he had, after he came back from the Groves defeat, had a couple of couple of small-type things, and then he beat uh, yeah, Gonzalez, Paraban. Um, and had that, and it wasn't necessarily they were top flight fighters, but it was the way he kind of they were good like, those fights on the Joshua kind of on the Gro- Frosch Groves undercard. That was yep. Paraban, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and then obviously, but then had you know, like you say, life and death stuff with Medina, Jack, Butte, um Andre Durrell. Andre Durrell. I mean, does was he ever perhaps quite as good as he would have us believe? And it's well, just caught up with him, or is it just down <laughs> to these hard fights? Do you think? It's probably down to the hard fights and super middleweight. It's a good division, but it's not. It's not a murderer's row division, I'd say. Um, it's difficult. Really. I can't really. Def- I can't. Def- it's difficult to really defend him after that because after you want to, don't you? Well, I'd like to, but the whole year <laughs> he's been talking about the world boxing series, talking about you know Eubank Junior and Groves on in his class, and and then this happens. Um, well, he he, he yeah. didn't even have a rematch clause. Well, now that's that's been that's been disputed. Now I think the fact he said after the after the fight that there was no rematch clause, and I think then there was a couple of interviews afterwards with Oprah where I said there was no rematch clause. Uh, Frank Warren 
on um, I think it was behind the gloves it might have been IFL but I think it was behind the gloves said no the, the fact is that there is there is a rematch clause we I didn't it, Frank didn't put it in you know but but Al said that there was a rematch clause oh, now oh. whether someone's then just had a past a you know something that's been fixed afterwards who knows but um, apparently there is uh, a rematch clause and, and because uh, I think Eddie Hearn uh, got a bit of stick for them going out saying how much there wasn't and how amateur it was amateur-ish it was and all the yeah. rest of it so um, so we'll wait and see about that but um, I mean like you said you think he could jack it in now well I'd imagine he'll have a rematch um, yeah if there's a rematch clause sorry it, yeah it won't be won't be for good money and I don't know um, I think he'd have to absolutely destroy him in a rematch to have any sort of semblance of a career left because um, I don't see Groves and Eubank rushing to fight a shot fighter no and it's such a shame because I wanted that Groves to get a fight so bad I think do you think he made a mistake when sign when signing with Al Heyman and, and, and leaving Matchroom in terms of after he just won that world title in terms of the fact that this fight was at the copper box well, he prices he priced himself out. No, but what I mean is, in terms of this, this fight was at the copper box. Whereas, you know, as as much as you want to say whatever whatever people feel about Matchroom and and Sky and and the machine behind it, you know, really, you remember that night after he won the I can't remember what fight it was. But after he won the title, he was sat in the crowd and the screen went went to yeah. him and he actually got cheered and he was like looking around to see who they were cheering about. You know, that was his momentum at that time. You know, he could have then become like a, a Sky pay per view fighter where that that. He might have felt that love a, a bit more. All right, would he have made as much money? I don't know. He, he certainly doesn't seem to think so. But, um, but he, would it would it have left him in a in a better position longer term? You'd think so. But as I said, he prices himself out. I think he, um, I think Hearn was gonna maybe put him on a card, but he priced himself out of it. Mm. So he ends up fighting at the copper box, and oh, I don't know. Maybe in his head, he knew he wasn't gonna win. So he wanted more money. Mm. Like, no, we'll, we'll never know. It's not great. It's a shame, and it's a real shame, I think, for for the, for the division because I think Groves and DeGale is something that we've been all been waiting for for a period of time, and it was all about when was the right time when they both got a bell and all the rest of it. You yeah. know, when both were in a position to actually make some proper money. And now, you know, you thought the negotiations were tough before. Imagine if even if there was to be any negotiation of that, it's just not going to happen, is it? Yeah. Which is a real shame. And obviously, depending on what happens with with Groves and, um, and Eubank you know it, Eubank the girl would have been would have been great as well let's I, I hope he doesn't um, jack it in. I hope he does manage to get a rematch and, and he does put on a hell of a performance gets it back and we get those fights because yeah. I've looked, I've waited too long for those well, fights I mean the thing with boxing is um, you know you can have all of your friends around you know when, when you're in training you've got all the camaraderie but you know when when you're in the ring when, when in a fight you've got all your all your, all your, all your um, corner around you yeah they all clear. It's just two of you, three of you in the ring, mm-hmm. and it's lonely. And that's when you get found out. In no other sport do you get found out like in boxing. Yeah. If you're not living a life 100, percent you will get found out. It's after the fight as well because when you start losing, or if you just lose individually, that, that dressing room becomes empty. Oh, it becomes yeah. empty quickly. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Broner kind of had similar when he lost his first fight to, mm. to Maidana. Um, you know, he had his um, getting his hair brushed and all the rest of it, and you know, he went out pretty much. It was the same with one other bloke, and yeah. they said success has lots of family and failures an orphan. There you go. Uh, I just say a couple of things. Um, the thing about perhaps staying with Eddie Hearn and all that, Al Heyman pays his fighters very, mm-hmm. very well. 
So I don't think he made a mistake going with Al Heyman. And he got really good fights out of it. He got yeah. the Andre Dorel fight out of it. He got the Lucien Butte fight out of it. He got the Badu Jack fight out of it. He got really good fights from Simon. But the Al Medina Heyman. and the Butte fight were not stuff that we were particularly excited about. They were, I mean. It's like, it's like the Saunders fight. Not much of a profile in, in that fight. I mean, it's a brilliant win for Saunders, but mm. about 10 people watched it. Yeah. And, you know, the girl, all these fights we're talking about, only the hardcore watched exactly. it. No, it doesn't really transcend. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to say that if you're not on Matchroom that you're not going to no. have the audience, but you've got to look on it both sides. Okay, he's getting paid a lot. I mean, it's, it's the hurt business, but there's a balance between making the money and having a profile. And he was at the crest of that. You're right, and he was at the crest of that wave, and he was you know, a young, good-looking guy, personality. You know, he could have... You know, it's, it's, it's a shame, really. He could have really... Um, not a shame, because, like I say, he's earned his money, and I'm you know, good luck to him, but... Um, it would have been nice, you know, as much as I'm not a massive fan of him, but yeah. it, it would have been nice to be able to see him, you know, recognised by a wider British sporting public yeah. for, for, for for what he did, you know. So that's a, that's I think a he shame. comes across wrong, doesn't he? I think since the Groves fight, he comes across quite bad. And I don't think he helps himself. No, and I think, but people always say DeGale's a super nice guy. People mm. in the business and, you know, writers and stuff always say he's a super nice guy. And I, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Um, but I think early in his career, he didn't come across the best. He's just insecure, isn't it? Yeah. I think a lot of this is just bravado. Sorry. You're ruining the podcast. What is going on with you today? Good grief. I think you should quit. Yeah. <laughs> just like Rigo. I've, I've been on the cusp for a while. What just, like, say just like Rigo did. Yeah. That's no. what I want to talk about next, Cal. Right. That was a fantastic link that I just did oh, then. Fine. I should work in public radio. What were you going to say, Con? About the post-fight interview, and then oh, go on, where yeah. James DeGale said, "Oh, I think I've got to make some changes in camp." And there's Jim McDonald standing right next to him, <laughs> shitting the bed. I thought that was hilarious. He was looking at him, thinking, "Fuck, please don't sack me." I thought that was so funny. Oh, well, right. you think he was loyal to him originally? I mean, it'd be it'd be funny to to, to change it now. Well, you've seen what happened to Saunders. Saunders has got a new lease of life, mm. and Saunders went through what Booth and a couple other trainers. Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe the girl would do the same. Mm. Okay, so I'll, I'll try another link. So if if, if De Gale does quit uh, McDonald, then he'll have something similar into with Rigo who quit. Honestly. Two Olympic champions too. See, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. yeah look at that. Oh, lovely. Oh, wasn't Rigo bad? He was so terrible, wasn't he? Oh. Uh, I, I, I will I will say now um, I haven't watched it oh, really um, cool. because it was again it was one whilst I was away and I've been catching up with so much I haven't seen it. So I'm going to rely on you guys to oh. to, to fill me in. Go. I actually watched this one myself. He was so. Poor, like I was like, come on, Rigo. I just really want Rigo to just kind of show the world that that he is this quality, quality, and he is a quality fighter. But he was made to look like dog meat by Lomachenko. Mm. He really was. Lomach- Lomachenko's an exceptional fighter. His feet are just—is that his eleventh fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He has a mat. He has like a four hundred fight amateur yeah. career. So I don't put too much stock in that. But he—he yeah. he was a—he just. He beat the shit out of Rigo. It just—it wasn't like a war. It wasn't like he bludgeoned him. He just completely dominated. Rigo did nothing. I thought he was so disappointing. How he broke his hand? Well, he didn't. We found out afterwards he only bruised it. Okay. How he could claim to break his hand, I'll never know because he barely threw it. Mm. He barely let his hands go. He was so poor, and it was such a disappointment. Why? I—I th- I think Loma was just too big. Even it was down to down to Lomachenko. Yeah, nothing yeah. to do with. You know, where I think I think or... Rigo. I think when was the last time? You know, I love Rigo. I love him. But when was the last time he fought an elite fighter? That someone like he washed an air 
and then no one wanted him ever since. No one's he's not been able to fight. No one's wanting to fight him because he's no he's no money at all. No. So I think he'd just been getting by the odd fight here, the odd fight there. You know, being really inactive. He's got himself to thirty eight. He's he by taking on the Jazza Dickens. Of yeah, world, Jazza Dickens and all these guys and this. And he's cut, and then he's had to step up to a guy that's taller than him, bigger than him, is fighting more regularly than him, and he's a fucking quality fighter as well. He just it was just too big a jump in quality for him, I think. He had no advantages, no, whatsoever. And I mean, I guess what I've also about Lomachenko, you know, he's managed by Bob Arum, and it's a lot of timing with how Lomachenko seems to face these people. I mean, he faced um, Nicholas Waters, who. Great past Jason Sosa is not exactly elite, and then he fought, then fight for Yota, fights the water, smashes him up, makes him quit. And you know, he fights Rigondo, and he's in no win situation for Lomachenko because, yeah. um, okay, if he loses, it's embarrassing, but if he beats him, he's fighting someone who's old, inactive, and now two weight classes smaller than him. Mm. So, you know, and then you know, then there's all the hyperbole about you know, Lomachenko being the best fighter since Sugar Ray Robinson. What was it that Aaron said is the best fight since Ali? Yeah. There isn't a week that goes by that T doesn't bring us up. <laughs> <laughs> it just winds me up so much. I mean, he's clearly a great fighter, but um, he's never even been a lineal champion for fuck's sake. Yeah. To be in, to be elite power fan, you've got to at least have that. Come on, you've got to like unify some belts, and you've got to be like the top guys in your division. That that you heard there that was tea cracking open a can of haterade um, <laughs> yeah, that it was now nah, I, I Lomachenko I can do you know what? I'm not gonna again when 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 we was talking about pound for pound in Britain yeah. uh, I said I wouldn't argue too much about Billy Joe Saunders if you was to say to me now Al that Vasily Vassil, Lomachenko was the pound for pound I'm not gonna argue with you too much yeah. not, and that's not based I know you <laughs> that's not based on wins because I think wins should come above everything I based on skills mm. and he is the most. He, he is, is it the a most, question of time rather yeah. than. I think he will be eventually. Yeah. I think you know, put, he, he could unify the super featherweight division, um, and I think he could go up to lightweight and do what he wants to do up there. Mm. He's the, he's the favorite against everybody he fights. He's not going to go into any. Maybe Mikey Garcia. That's the only fight I can think of where he could be an underdog. But I still think Lomachenko. Oh, yeah, that's the fight. That yeah. is. The, we won't. I don't think we'll see it next year. But I'd love to see that. Because did a tweet saying he wants to fight him as well. I could see that happen. Yeah, maybe. I could <laughs> see that. And Lorenzo Linares gives him a really good fight. But again, I think Lomachenko would be the favourite. I'd love someone to fucking stop Linares. Get him out of my life. <laughs> stop breaking my heart. You absolute <laughs> bastard. Um, okay, uh, but and then another fight. Another another fight that was, um, you know, a trade fight. You know, a fantastic fight on paper that probably was watched by. You know, a few thousand Nothing. people at home. And... So where where was it again? The but, um, New York. Uh, New York, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had like three or four thousand there. Yeah, that's yeah. such a. I know it's 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 such a shame, really, isn't it? Because they're the type of fights that, well, not in the end because he because he quit. You don't want that yeah. as advertisement for for the sport. But in theory, it should be, which is a which is a shame. To be clear, Lomachenko would have beat Vigo two years ago when the fight should have happened. I'm not saying that he wouldn't have won because. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just freshness. It's just skill set. It's just one of those things. I just, um, I just think it's just the timing that we, that Lomachenko's fighting these people. I want Lomachenko to fight someone who's a similar size at the top of his game. He wins, but he needs to do that. Yeah. It's like it'd be like Crawford beating Gamboa ten times in a row. You know, I don't think that's. I mean, even after the fact, Lomachenko said, "You know what? I'm not that. I'm not that hyped about this win because." He was old. He was small. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, and that, fair to him. 
And that's it now for Guillermo? No, I want to see him come back and fucking completely just, just start smashing cunts again. Just well, just to... Why, though? He's another one. Well, he's not, you're saying he's not going to get any money. Oh, no. He's another one who passes himself out. He could have fought yeah. Frampton. He could have fought um, Quig, Quig at one point. Yeah. And he's just passed himself out. Those guys Either. don't fight. Yeah, no, no, and no also they, there's no money in it. But yeah, they, they look at the risk reward, don't they? They say, look, I can give you this much. You know, the hardcores, I love you if you take yeah. it. There's that much risk right up here. But the reward, because I can't stick yeah. it on pay-per-view... Is gonna is gonna be down. I here, do yeah. just kind of want to see it as a fan. Yeah, you know, once you're a fan of someone, you don't just stop being a fan of someone. I do. Is. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, the thing is, the thing I thought to myself the other day is that you know, football, you can't change a team, but boxing, you can go off people. Yeah, it's nice. You know, I was a massive David Hay fan, and now I just can't get any enthusiasm for him at all. Yeah. And I'm a massive Rigondo fan, but I do think he needs to call it a day. Yeah, okay. you're right. Well, we've got a bit of time because we, we've got a few different things coming up um, here. Obviously, at the end of the year, we're going to talk. We're going to kind of recap the year, talk about yeah, fire of the year, and, and 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 what we've got excited about, and what's been disappointing this year. Um, uh, and we've also got something at half time, which is something a little bit different for you, which I'll let Cal uh, talk to you about in a second. But while we've just got a, a smidge of time, should we talk very quickly about Conor Ben? Yeah. So one of the best six rounders you're ever going to see. Oh, this was at York Hall on the Katie amazing. Taylor undercard. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a, remind me of the opponent's name. Oh, you bastard. Oh, okay. French bloke, Perno, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Um, knocked down twice in the first round. Yep. Came back. Yep. Uh, and you know, fair play, got got the job done. But yep. a really, really entertaining six round. Really entertaining fight. Really close fight. A little bit of controversy over the scoring. Can, I, can we talk about, very quickly, before we get onto it, ref scoring. Yeah, I don't I'm like not, that. I'm not a fan of it. Personally, why you know the history of it? Any particular? Do you know any reason why that happens on on smaller round uh, shows? Is it just I don't know of... why that is. It's just something that's always happened. Because but... oh, until until the other day, because usually those six rounders, they you know scorecards are not usually yeah. controversial. Yeah. So it's not something that's really popped into my mind massively. But then thinking about it earlier, I was thinking, you know, really, why are refs scoring that? As if they've got not, not enough to think about. Particularly if it turns into a fight like that. Yeah. You know, because these scores are all over the place. So what do they have at fifty-seven, fifty-four? Yeah. So basically, uh, even I, what was it? Somebody put it on Twitter that uh, even if Conor Ben hadn't scored the knockdowns in the last two rounds, he still would have won. Yeah, that, and that is that is pretty mental, awesome. isn't it? That's ridiculous. Like, and that that is if there's a reason to stop ref scoring, it's that because he's clearly got his scores all over the place. Mm. To give Conor Ben fifty-seven points when he's knocked down twice, three times, whatever it was, you know. It was three times, wasn't it? Um, it was twice, wasn't it? Twice in the first round. Yeah, 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 three times. Yeah. yeah. So how does he get fifty-seven points? That makes no sense. Mm. That's that's two. That's a ten-seven round and a ten-eight round. That makes no sense. I'd love to know if there is a, if there's a you know an historical reason as to why rest it, or is it just a question of it's four, five, I think six it's just rounders. A six round. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's a six round. It doesn't need three judges. It's yeah. one of those. But yeah, if somebody at home wants to tell us why that is, yeah. feel free to tell us. Um, so talk to me about Conor Ben. What what does it tell us? About Conor Ben and where he's at. It tells us that he's not very good, um, but I, I think. I, well, not very good in the general scheme of things, or not very good in the fact that he's twenty. What's he? Twenty. He's twenty-one. Yeah, he's twenty-one. And he's only had fourteen amateur fights. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I th- he's very raw, isn't he? He's very rugged. There's, he's really quite short for a welterweight as well. You know, if you think of the the bigger welterweights like uh, Bradley Ski yeah. or uh, Sam Eggington when he was. Yeah, a he's fighting at one four seven. Yeah. That was a that was a well that was a welter. Yeah, it was a welter. What did you think he was at? I thought it was one forty. Yeah. He started at one forty, but that the other night was a welter. Oh, yeah. No, 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 he's tiny. Fuck no. I thought he was tiny for a junior welter. I think of him against Tyrone Nurse or Jack Cattrall. Oh, you know, you, I know, yeah. I know, he's yeah. only a 
I know he's only you know a kid and he's only just starting out, but you've got to look at the size. And mm. at the end of the day, these guys are big. They're big at the weight, and he's he's a short guy and you know short stocky guy, and he should be at one thirty five or one thirty. He's, he's got no defense though. He's got no defense. I mean, he's just right hand off the right hand. Yeah. I mean, T, is this is this something that you know? My I don't I don't dislike Conor Ben. I find it it leaves a slightly bad taste in my mouth the fact that if his name was Conor Smith, he wouldn't be anywhere near these cards. No. Um, well, what if he was Paul Smith's son, though? Oh, well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be British, British champ by now. For 119 but, months. Later, like, <laughs> oh, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. It only, took, only took, what are we on? 26, 29 minutes for Cow to mention Paul Smith in the British title. 19 um, months. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's my only bone of contention. Which I, was, I was quite keen for, for him to lose, in, on, only in the sense that it would have been nice to see the reaction yeah. from, not just from match room in terms of okay maybe we put him a bit lower down the card you know he made didn't he make his debut as like chief support for whatever show it was at the O2 you know um but is this something that is going to come swings and roundabouts for him he's going to be in a public eye so when he has nights like this he's going to get a lot more stick than well, usual well hopefully he learns from this I think you know I mean, he's fairly magnanimous after the fight you know he knew it was a tough fight he said he'll probably fight him again his face was a mess yeah but you look at Eubank Jr. and you look at Conor Ben. Um, I don't really follow Conor Ben on social media, but if you follow Chris Eubank Jr., you'll see him in the gym. You see him running upstairs. You see him just obviously sometimes you see him in Dubai, yeah, you know, fucking about. But he's normally in the gym working his ass off. I think with Conor Ben, you see him in an Essex restaurant and all the rest of it, and it just shows. I just think it's the same old thing all over again. People want to be Money Mayweather without being Pretty Boy first. People want to. They don't want to work hard. On their, on their craft they just, want, they just want all the glitz and glam that comes with it but if you'd have lost that fight half those hangers are not gone yeah I mean I don't I don't follow um, Conor Ben on, on any social media as it goes but he, he I could be wrong I don't follow yeah him. I was going to say he, he doesn't. He does strike me as someone who, who, who works hard and I think you can see I, I've seen improvements I mean granted he's fighting puddings but um, he's I, I've seen differences you know from his first few where it was just you know all over the shop in terms of in terms of Offense, not necessarily defense, but offense was just kind of crazy. Whereas as the, as the fights have gone on, you know, he there are there's a little bit more control, and you can see there's a little bit more thought to it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was keen for him to, to to maybe lose because I think I think it might have ended up being you know the best thing for him. You know, yeah. these these protected or well, these these O's are not not as important these days as as, as they once Absolutely were. Absolutely not. Um, and I think uh, it would have been nice to, to see where he goes. But look, he got the job done. Regardless of anything else that went around it, and 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 it'll be like you say, a fantastic. Learning I think his interview afterwards was fine as well. Every, yeah. He wasn't. He didn't make much excuses. Eddie Hearn made a few excuses for him about the weight and about maybe leaving all in the gym and all that. And to be fair, Conor Ben did tweet afterwards. I want the rematch with this guy yeah. as soon as possible. That's good. So that's good. The the guy comes back, gets a payday, and Conor Ben gets to right the wrong. Yeah. if you like. That's good. Okay, so. Um, before we uh, before we stop for, for half time and, and introduce a little feature that we've got, why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Cal? So you went down to Miguel's gym in, in Brixton. Brixton. So I'd been there before. Uh, I did a piece for Boxing Monthly on, online a couple of a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I know most of the people in there, uh, and so I was just down there doing some bits and bobs with my day job, um, and then um, Ted Bammy, former European yep. super lightweight champions, rocked up, and I said. Where's Isaac? Where's Isaac? I want to have a chat with Isaac. So I said, <laughs> I think I got him in trouble, you know. 
I said, oh, he was up. He, he tweeted me at like two in the morning and said he was going to be at the gym. And he's gone, <laughs> two in the morning? And he was going mad. And he's rang Isaac and he's, yeah, he was going mad at him <laughs> down the phone. Isaac Chamberlain you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Isaac Chamberlain. I think he's playing Call of Duty. Um, so, yeah, I was hanging around. And then Isaac just bowled in and gave me 10 minutes of his time. Uh, such a nice bloke. Such a nice bloke. He didn't have to talk to me at all. No. He didn't know me from Adam. And, you know, for him to, to come in the gym and come and have a chat with me... Well, this is a blow the belt, presumably, surely. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, like a, he just super nice guy, and we just had a chat for ten minutes. And uh, Ted Bammy, he, uh, I promised Ted Bammy a copy of Boxing Monthly as well because he was in it many years ago. So yeah. I've, I found him a copy of the magazine. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take it down to him next time. I'm there. So you talked to him about Lawrence Acoli. I, I did, I did. It was really, it was, and it's uh, really good timing because today it's been announced that um, Lawrence Acoli will take on Isaac Chamberlain at the O2 on February the third. Yeah. Uh, so we did talk about. Um, Lawrence Coley quite a bit we also spoke about uh, the year uh, the boxing year uh, what his favourite fight was this year what he wants to do next year what wishes he would like what things he would like to see happen next year in the sport really so yeah really nice little chat and uh, much you know I'm really appreciative of the time that Miguel's gave me and um, Isaac as well well it's a fantastic uh, you know and a couple of weeks ago we had well, a couple of months ago now where we obviously spent some time um, down at Lawrence's gym um, and he, he very kindly gave us an hour of his time and, and joined us for the podcast and talked about uh, talked about this fight with Chamberlain and when it was going to come and, 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 and what he thought the result was going to be and it's dead you know it's, it's evident to see that they're both very confident of, of moving on past each other it's a great experience for them to be headlining a show at the O2 this early in their careers um, it's fantastic like, I can't wait and I'm, I'm sure we'll all be there as well won't we we'll be going VIP uh, canapes canapes I don't know I'm not earning that <laughs> I'm not earning that optometrist money mate. <laughs> okay here it is and we'll uh, we'll let you hear it now welcome ladies and gentlemen to Below the Belt bonus edition uh, this is Cal along with undefeated former Southern Area Cruiserweight champion Isaac Chamberlain how are you sir yeah I'm very good thank you so we're here down at uh, Sunny Miguel's gym uh, I was just talking to your trainer. He wasn't happy with you. Why was that? Because there was acting in, going on in the gym. They told everyone the gym was going to be closed. No one told. No one said anything about this part being open. The <laughs> knock, like, oh, but anyway, I still done my training in the morning. You know, I want to train again. Yeah. Run in the evening, so I'm all good. So. Uh, um, Ted Bammy's your trainer, former yeah. European super lightweight champion. What's he like as a trainer? Um, he's harsh, but he's uh, he's a, he's very good at what he does. He's like a teacher as well. Yeah. Teaches you all sorts of different techniques and how to survive in a boxing ring. All the little tricks and stuff, old school tri- tricks. He's really good actually. You know, like he's a uh, he's definitely suited for my style of fighting, and we've been working together for a long time, and I think I'm gonna stick with him. For people, the people that haven't seen you box before, how would you describe your style? Um, adapting, adapting, whatever that what, word. What is. about a fighter? What about a, can you think of a fighter you'd perhaps compare your style um, to? Probably Matt McCallum, oh. James Tony, Andre Ward. I like the technicians. You know the guy like uh, what's his name again? Uh, Michael Watson. Yep. People like them. You know, how, how they're technical and how they like to break fighters. Break fighters down and yeah, those have be able to adapt mid fight, adapt to different styles, things like that. You've got a you've got a date on the thirteenth, is it? Mm-hmm. At York Hall. Yeah, you're going into enemy territory over there. Um, any idea of an opponent yet? Um, 
not really. I think uh, it's definitely going to be a title fight. Yep. So some sort of international belt. We tried to get the Commonwealth title, Luke Watkins, but I think he got a mandatory or he's fighting someone else. Okay. Except instead, I really wanted that fight, but you know, it's the way shit goes. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a title fight. And then obviously, after that, we're going to start sitting down and looking at fighting Okoli, yep. February the 3rd. So uh, just... We're preparing for that right now. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of talk online about about the Akoli fight, and uh, we. I went to see Akoli over at his gym a few weeks ago. He didn't say too much about it, to be honest. Um, where does all that come from? Is that just a gym rivalry? No, he was just. I don't know. He's a bit weird. Like he was. Uh, he's a bit. He's. I think he's just a bit weird. Okay. You know what I mean? Like because uh, when he turned pro, he was, he was talking a whole lot, a lot of rubbish. Making yep. raps about me, putting pictures up about me, and I'm thinking, bro, like, what? What the hell's wrong with you? But it's a good thing in a way that it brings entertainment into the division. You know, it brings he brings entertainment, and all of us and you know the rivalry and stuff. Everyone loves British boxing fans love a, a rivalry, and uh, I think it can be built up very well. You know, especially for February the third, it can be built up. It could be uh, made a great spectacle. So uh, I think uh, you know. I don't really know where it came from. He just started, you know, trying to act like a bully or whatever. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna just stand there and let him do that to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, fair enough. I think that's. I think that's. I think it's. It's gonna be something that's great for your career going forward. Having a having a domestic rivalry, having a big crowd, you know, and uh, it will prepare you for the bigger fights going forward after that. Uh, you've been. How long have you been um, training at Miguel's now? Oh. I think about a decade or more than a decade yeah. now. I think. Yeah, I think about eleven or twelve years now I've been training with us. Because uh, I, I met Sarah, she helped run the gym gym downstairs. She said that your mum dropped you off at ten and uh, uh, eleven and a half, twelve. Eleven and a half, twelve, yeah. and then that was it. You were just here every day ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She dropped me off because because uh, obviously where I was growing up there was a lot of gang violence and stuff like that, and my mum didn't want me to go down that route. Yeah. So obviously she was like, you got to get into boxing, you know, so when I'm tired from boxing, I won't be uh, messing about and, you know, wasting my time on the streets. And so I, um, I think it was a good thing, you know, because boxing definitely changed my life. Absolutely. The great gym. What would you say about some of the, some of the other, they do a lot of like anti-gang work here at Miguel's. What would you say about the work that they do here? Oh, it's amazing, you know, um, I'm all for it, you know, getting the kids out of streets and out of gangs and out of gang violence to you know come into the gym and and discipline themselves you know because boxing kind of te- teaches you about life as well you know how to to stay disciplined stay focused be motivated no, no matter what you know and uh it's it has the best rewards absolutely um I, I was as I was waiting for you to turn up I was standing there with your trainer Ted Bami and he said sparring tomorrow champ how, what's your attitude to sparring? Do you see, do you, do you believe in gym wars, or is it very much about trying things out? I think it's a bit of both. You got to be battle hardened as well. But um, uh, you got to add what you've been working on in the gym here into into the ring. So, uh, I think a little bit of both. Sometimes you got to mix it up. Yeah. You know, because uh, nothing replicates a real fight than sparring. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, in terms of uh, current boxing, are you outside of outside of being a boxer? Some boxers are massive fans, and some 
couldn't couldn't name anyone other than Mike Tyson, like Jamie McDonald, for example. He has no interest in boxing. What's your interest in boxing? Do you follow it as yeah, a sport? I watch, I thought I watch every every boxer. I watch old school fighters. I watch the new school fighters. I watch guys lower the weight divisions, higher weight divisions. I watch every type of fighter. Every type of fighter. Guys in Australia, everywhere. I like watching boxing, I like looking at different styles and how people use their styles to their advantages and all of those little things. So the next podcast we're going to do, it's going to be like a 2017 year wrap up because it's been, I think it's, I think it's fair to say it's been quite an immense year in boxing this year. We've had such great, such great fights this year. There've been so many, so many interesting spectacles. What would you say uh, as a fan has been your standout moment for the year? Um, Probably Joshua Klitschko. Joshua. That was a great fight. That was a great, was a great fight. Uh, Joshua came up, came back from you know getting knocked down and coming back to win. Uh, it was immense. Like he showed a lot of heart and courage and bravery. Yeah. No. It was. It was. Uh, it was a fantastic performance and a, and a real uh, coming out fight for him. The last time I was here, it was before uh, Joshua boxed D- Dylan White. This is obviously Dylan's gym. Um, how did, you, how did you rate Dylan's performance last time out and how, where, do you, where do you see him going next? What, against Hellenius? Yeah. Um, it was, because obviously Hellenius is very awkward, so he kind of makes it look awkward, you know, but uh, Dylan, Dylan, uh, it depends on who he's kind of fighting. You know, he's a very Dylan's a very good boxer when he wants to be but sometimes he might do you think that, that do you think he boxes to like the level of his opponent sometimes uh, so, yeah that's what I think it's like a motivation thing maybe yeah because Hellenius I, I felt that uh, he was um, and obviously he, Hellenius didn't come to fight he yeah he came really like negative. a journeyman didn't yeah, he yeah, yeah, he yeah, just yeah. came to like not get any hit with anything big just like wasn't really too interested in and who's who's your your favourite fighters right now who are you looking what are you, Andre Wolf Andre Ward, My yeah. favourite fighter right now, 100% Andre Ward. Like it's a shame he's retired, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the way he carries himself outside the ring as well as inside the ring, you know, and uh, he retired with all his faculties, everything on top. He retired on top in his in his own, uh, what's the word, in, on his own terms. On his own terms, money in the bank. Is, is that the aim for you as well? That's the aim for me as well, yeah. Get in and get out as much money as possible and and leave a legacy absolutely and for next year what's uh, what would you say your wishes are for next year for yourself and for boxing as a whole what one fight would you like to see in boxing um, what for me for yourself yeah. and as globally as a sport um, let's start with yourself myself I just want to be in big fights you know obviously it's definitely start with me versus Okoli on February the 3rd yeah um, get some titles win a British win the Commonwealth move on European world move on move on yeah. and uh, the fight that I would, really would, would like to see is uh, Beyonce Wilder and Joshua that is it isn't it that's yeah. a big boy fight as a heavyweights that's the fight absolutely okay. alright I'm going to leave you to train I know you've got some running to do thank you for your time sir yes. hopefully I'll see you soon nice work Cal do you feel like some kind of like reporter or something it did, I did because I had my phone. I was holding my phone up like a dictaphone kind of yeah. thing because it was like off the cuff kind of Is thing. Is that the, the same afternoon that you then messaged me after saying, oh, I've bought a little mic for the iPhone for yes. when, we, when we interview people? Yeah. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I thought I should have a mic with me. I need to start being better prepared for well things done. like this. Yeah. Better prepared than when you were for the Acoli pod when you turned up at almost oh, 45 minutes late? I, I was going to cry. <laughs> Genuinely, I could feel tears in my eyes that day that I had fucked up that badly, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Professional. It's not been a great year for you, is it? It is not. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> Um, so let's, off, off the back of that, let's 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 just remind ourselves about uh, 
Robert Coley and Isaac Chamberlain, both undefeated, mm-hmm. uh, both matchroom fighters. Mm-hmm. But it, it reminds me a bit of um, Groves v. DeGale, because one's an mm-hmm. Olympian and one isn't. Yeah. So I guess the Olympian has got, you know, head in the bill, and Chamberlain's kind of, you know, in the background. So it does have a bit of that element there. And if they well. sell this properly, you know, really, uh, you know, this this is something, you know, yeah, beef, that's just like this, and with the sky as a platform, they go after the, the, that kind of football market. This is something that could actually become quite big, mm. you know, Probably. really, if, if, they, if they sell it the right way. And if it's, you know, the, the dream really for them is if it, if it ends in any form of controversy, yeah. uh, that becomes a rematch, which then doubles it in, in size, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if um, one of them gets knocked out in two, three rounds, then... Mm. It doesn't mean much at all, does it? Could, well, it no. could be Curtis, I'd, I'd have said. Yeah. <laughs> if one of them gets absolutely battered, but if it's like, I don't know, 12 rounds, you know, rock'em, suck'em, robots type thing, then maybe it won't be so bad. Because um, you know, my, my thinking of this fight, that you've got two fairly fresh fighters who are unbeaten, and they're not really protecting their O at all, they're just kind of going for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we saw earlier on the series about Hara Davis v Josh Taylor, and I hope this trend continues. Are you surprised it's come this early? Yeah, because there was... When I spoke to Isaac at the gym, it was looking like it was on. It was on, and he mentions it, as obviously the people have just heard, he, he mentions it quite a few times about fighting a Coney in February. But then we, it went really quiet, and we started to just hear whispers that, you know, they're not going to do it now, it's too soon. Mm. And I kind of saw the sense in that. I thought, you know what, it's a bit soon. Neither of them have much name value yet outside of the hardcore, really. Let's kind of let it build a little bit, and let's get them on the Joshua on the card. Let's, let, let's kind of get them building, building up a bit. And, and there's no belt. And there's no British title. Yeah, you'd think it's a good British title kind of fight. Nothing on the line at all? Nothing in terms of... Uh, no, I haven't seen anything. Isaac no. had the Southern Area title, but he uh, vacated that. Yeah. And Akoli doesn't have anything. So, right. no, it would be nice little English title fight. You yeah. know? It's one of those. But, hey, so, you know what? Let's just make it. Let's make the fight. And the fact that they put it at the O2, that means they're obviously confident in terms of, of how they're going to sell it. They're obviously yeah. going to go about it in a particular way, Sky and, and, and Matchroom, to... to, to um, to promote it in the right way, and that's that's you know presumably like I said at the O2 that's that's would be a decent payday for them, and like I said, let's hope it's twelve rounds of fantastic action that requires another another fight and, a, and another fantastic payday for them. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think it would be really good for their career um, to be in a to be in a situation where not everyone is cheering for them mm. because Lawrence Sokoli is going to have his fans, Isaac Chamberlain is going to have his fans there. You know they're obviously going to be supporting their guy. I think they'll both really benefit from that, from being in the lion's den a little bit and not just having it. You know because a lot of the time these Olympians they start boxing with with matchroom and they're they're fighting in you know a third full stadiums or arenas yeah. and everyone's just politely clapping at the end when they've knocked over some Hungarian. So mm. this is this is going to be really good for them in terms of their temperament. They'll learn a lot from it, both of them, win or lose. So you know what I'm going to ask you. So who wins? I think Isaac wins. Really? Yeah, I do. I think I, I really obviously Lawrence, Akoli is a, a good fighter. Um, uh, I've only seen him once in the flesh. Like, I, I, but I do put a lot of watching someone in the flesh. And so when we saw him at Bramall Lane, mm. he asked me afterwards. He goes, "Oh, how did I look?" I said, "You look wild, mate." I said, "You just look wild and all over the place." And you just went in there. You knew this guy wasn't anything, so you just went. You just went for him. Um, so, which he didn't necessarily agree with, did he at the time? I think I've said him a couple of times, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he asked, he asked a question, and so I, I, you know, I'll be honest with him. And I just think he's a little bit wild. I think, I think, I know it's a little bit more polished. I think, I think he may, I think he may stop Coley. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. I I like Chamberlain, and I feel, and I I don't necessarily disagree with you on on the polished argument. 
But I think there's an element of pressure that's come with with Akoli, because of where he's been in the undercards he's been in, um, and actually some of the some of the um, narrative that's been around him from from Sky at that time, you know, mm. knockout job and all the rest of it. Um, I think some of that is where that comes from. Uh, it's it's really tight for me. I I, I do struggle to call it. I, I think I I think Lawrence with the right with the right game plan will, will can can win, and I think he might be able to win in style. Um, but I, you, know, it, it, you could pick them. You know, it's a yeah. it's a fifty fifty fight. It's a good fight. It's a really yeah. good fight. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to do a few news bits, bits and pieces that's, that's happened. But I think we need to talk about, and then uh, we're going to finish uh, the last part of two thousand and seventeen with an uh, end of year recap um, to go over some stuff that's happened this year. Uh, I've got some things I want to say. Do it. I will. It's like Jerry Springer at the end, just doing your little monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should do that. Alex's corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good yeah. idea. We'll, we'll talk about that in the next production. Meeting. Prepare for the solo, for yeah. the solo career. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just an hour, one one man pod. Yeah, you I love Gary that. Barlow. <laughs> George, George Michael over here. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Tyson Fury. So Tyson Fury had uh, his. I mean, I don't essentially what essentially happened. He's had a two, basically two year, mate. two year drug ban. Yep. Backdated, essentially, yeah? Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, he failed a drugs test in February 2015. For what? Remind us of Nandrolone. what it yep. Nandrolone is the, is the same thing that Linford Christie got. got. So, a really retro kind of drug. He's bringing, bringing the 90s back in mm. that regard. So, he failed for that. Um, they The uh, UCAD didn't inform him until June of 2016. Mm. It took them 16 months to inform him of a failed drugs test. Um, Huey Fury failed for Nandrolone at the same time. In between that time, they were both drug tested. In between June 2016 and February 2015, they were tested more times, yep. and they never failed. Mm. They passed every single time. But the facts are, he failed a drugs test, as did Huey Fury. They said it was because of uh, uncastrated wild boar, mm. and, and then he said that, and he said supplements. So that was yeah. He didn't say either or. He said oh, it could have been that, or it could have been this okay. kind of thing. So you can haven't accepted that. They, they see it as a fail. Mm. Um, Tyson Fury also missed a drugs test, so yeah. which carries a four-year ban, but they've let that one go because in his mind, he said, well, I wasn't boxing. I was retired. So I thought, fuck you, I'm not doing a test. Yeah. So they've let that one go, but they've said, you failed a drugs test, two-year ban. In order to get this done, yeah. backdated two-year da- uh, two ban, you're back ready free to box again. Same with Fury. But he fought to I know that's what's really odd. That's what's really odd. So is this, you know, is is there two questions really? Is is there an element of um, uh, one rule for one and, and another and one rule for another in terms of hardcore boxing fans who seem to gloss over this with Tyson Fury? I I think if this was a, an American, would be jumping up and down about it. Hypocrisy. That was the word I was looking well, for. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the issue um, I've I've heard said is you can don't have a lot of money. And if um, Fury had of um, countersued, could have um, put him under. So I guess it's probably why they just drew a line under it. And just so how do you on. feel about? Because I mean, I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan. I'm uh, like a massive Tyson Fury fan, and I and I must say, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I do gloss over it slightly, and I don't have the same feelings as I do if it it's, had been someone else. I think you're I, right. I feel it's a bit different to to Povetkin in the sense that Povetkin smashing people up left, right, and centre, mm. and he's juiced up. That's Fury, a good point. Fury's not exactly. You know, knocking out Klitschko in the round and, yeah. you know, smashing Chisora in the round. I, I think, um, wasn't it a weight cutting drug he was done for, though? I don't think it was necessarily. 
What Mandarin is a steroid. Yeah. But is it is it a weight cutting? I thought it was weight cutting that was essentially. I, I don't know. Uh, but oh, is this is, is this the point though? Is there too much grey area well, with with it for the fact of why people haven't gone right? You're bad, and Joshua's good. You know, well, well, yeah, <laughs> in terms I mean, of do you know in terms of in terms of that side of things. He is a he is a drug cheat, but. I don't think he'll ever be called that in the UK. See, it makes me feel uncomfortable when you call him that, and I don't, and I can't tell you why. Because really, if you if you took his name out of it and said boxer X, this is the situation. Yeah. I'd say it. That's the thing. If yeah. it was a cute, if it was Louis Ortiz or whatever, you'd call him a drugs cheat. That's what. That's what he is. He he was banned for taking drugs. Mm. However you look at it, but. Oh, that's my phone. Sorry. Ah, it's my yes. Professionalism. Um. He's drugs. He is, but I think all I would say is the fact that he passed tests afterwards for sixteen months, and this is without him knowing he's failed. I think paints him in a better light than other people. Yeah. But you got to—I don't know—you got to treat him the same as you would anybody else. And if it was somebody else, you'd be like, "It's a fucking cheat," you know. So are you happy with with the way it's resolved now in terms of this backdated thing? Yeah. I think everything, all in all, uh, when everything's come out in the wash. We're we're back to zero essentially. We're back to zero. Um, the, an interesting, an interest, interesting sideline is the Christian Hammer fight. Was you there with me, T? No, he wasn't. I've never it seen was him on, on the undercard of uh, Chris Eubank Jr. against Fedor Chudinov yeah. or the other Chudinov. Can't remember. It wasn't Fedor. It was the other one. Mm. Uh, he boxed Christian Hammer, beat him in five rounds. He was quality. That's been changed to a no contest. Sorry, I missed that. Who are we talking about? Tyson Fury's win over Christian Hammer. Oh, we see. Okay. Was changed to a no contest because of that failed drug test. Oh, okay. That's damning. Yeah, for me, that's quite damning. Uh, I can almost forgive him for that because how much time, uh, how, how much of my life seemed to suck away when I watched Hamer and Povetkin. Um, yeah, with the Povetkin fight the other day, I just, uh, yeah. I, I get what you're saying with the Tyson thing, but I, I think after everything that has come out in the wash, I think we're back to. I, 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 like I said I think him passing all those tests afterwards he was tested like seven eight times afterwards in between him failing and him being informed of the failure like 16 months I think him passing all those tests shows him in quite a good light I think perhaps it was wild boar whatever the fuck you know. okay so what do we what do we expect now T uh, two three fights before he fought, before the Joshua fight can happen or yeah he'll have a fight judged by a referee I'd imagine yes. six rounder um, I don't think I don't think he's going to fight Joshua in 2018. Hearns talk, Hearns uh, making good noises about them two fighting, but um, it would have to be something like you know, even if it was 20, you'd be talking September well, at the earliest. Than that. Um, I think David Price would be a good fight for him. Yep, may get a few rounds under his belt, but it's good for the heavyweight division. Uh, I've seen um, seen some noises from Joshua and Hearn that um, Wilder has been unreasonable at his demands. Uh, I don't know. I mean, are they are they scared they, of Wilder? <laughs> didn't they say Parker was the one being only? But they're saying only realistic. But but that's realistic to them, you know. And as much as and as much as Joshua is, you know, incredible and 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 brings in what he brings in. You, you, they talk all the time about his legacy and it not being all about you know necessarily all about money for for AJ. Well, then you're gonna have to go and prove it. But. They made a good point about percentages and um, the amount of money. So, Wilder will think he should get a 50-50. But, when it's um, t- five, ten times more than what he's got before, yeah. he might have to be a bit realistic. Because I don't, then, think, I don't think Wilder made a lot of money fighting Stephen, for example. No, true. But, 
But then are we at a point where you know, where um, Matchroom and Hearn and, and Sky and, and and AJ have to have to realise that you know look your legacy is going to be going to be tricky. You know you better hope to God that Fury can get get back to um, to, to fight and wait and is ready to go because you'll always no matter what you do in this in this sport and during your time if if you don't end up fighting Tyson Fury for whatever reason that will always be a question over you so you need to make sure that you try and do yourself as many favours as you can with these other fights get the fights made go and win them um, and, and, and make what you can I mean you're not going to be short of, you know, and I know he's not going to starve is he no so so go out and prove it that you will go, go and fight people alright if someone ends up getting 40% instead of 20% I, is it I, the end of the world is what I'm saying I you know? really dislike the percentage thing yeah. uh, and this isn't just from Joshua's side this is from Parker's side as well I really dislike it why you can't I can't, never count another man's money mm. why are you counting another man's money why are you wor- worrying about what Joshua gets worry about what you get if he says I'm going to pay you five million pounds to fight me be happy with don't worry about what Joshua's getting worry about what, you, what you're getting mm. you know really really annoys me when fighters get into all that bollocks about percentages do Wilder and Parker have more because they've got because they they've have got these belts. belts they've got belts I I, I kind of get where why Matrim are putting off the Wilder fight it's the more dangerous fight for one and I think it's potentially the more lucrative fight mm. so let's build Wilder's name over here and I kind of get where they were coming from with the Dillian White thing as well even though Dillian White has no right to fight for a WBC title I got it what they were trying to do oh. they were trying to get him name value they were trying to get Wilder name value in England because he doesn't have any over here. Mm. Outside of the hardcore, nobody knows who he is. Probably about as many people know Parker is, because Parker's boxed on Sky Sports a few times. Yeah. I don't think... So I got where they're coming from. So the whole going Parker first, then Wilder, then Fury, I can't argue with it, to be no. honest. And I'm not one to stick up for Eddie Hearn and Andrew Joshua, but I, I will this time. I think look, they're, they're doing what they think is best, is best for them uh, and what they think is the best situation. It just seems to me that it, it, it'd be... If we end up missing on those fights because of because of percentages and if because the opposition is being know how much Anthony Joshua is worth and they're trying to squeeze a bit more out of him, that would be a real shame if they can't just let that well, go. You no, know, the way I'm seeing it is, um, if Parker doesn't fight Joshua, what is he? Yeah. If Parker if Parker and Wilder retire without fighting AJ, but Parker then, then what been, are they? Parker and his team, you know, as much as they've looked a bit daft at times the way they've gone about it, they are pursuing the fight. Yes. Yeah. You know, and as much as as much as I've seen some interviews from many people saying, oh, maybe they just don't want it while they're being unrealistic with the percentages, I'm sure he knows that's not the case. They, you know, they, they want to go and do it. He's just playing the media, isn't he? You know? Yeah. They're I know, and Higgins up. is as much as as much as I mean that press conference was an absolute farce. If you haven't seen that, uh, where they where they claim to have uh, exclusive footage of, of Joshua being dropped, when really it was just a couple of guys talking about, oh yeah, I, I think I saw him stumble in sparring once. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I mean, it was ridiculous. But like you say, they've they, they played a blinder, really. So, uh, yeah. so good luck to him. Okay, well, let's see what happens in the heavyweight division. Hopefully Tyson can get back. He's already lost you know, three and a half stone already, so it looks like he's at least half serious uh, about coming back on. He's got a new trainer. Yes, um, Ben Davinson. He does the some, fuck is he? He does some bits and bobs with Billy Joe Saunders as well. I think he's very much more a strength and conditioning guy than an actual yeah. boxing coach. I don't know how he's going to be in the corner when it's, you know, if you're in the trenches and you've just been knocked down. I don't know how experienced in it he is in that department. But a bit similar to Nathan Cleverley's Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think he's got a, a chemistry with someone and mm. he, he's reacting well to someone, so he's being loyal. And boxers are like that. They will be loyal to someone if they, you know, if they're getting that loyalty back. And Tyson's like that as, as a person. It seems he talked about, you know, I know the whole thing with, with Hennessy, where people were unsure as to whether he was in there. But I think he confirmed the other day that Mick will be a part of whatever, whatever happens. So um, 
It's nice I, to see. Yeah, I think definitely. But I think Uncle Peter will be back in the corner. If he was to box Anthony Joshua, I think Uncle Peter would be back in the corner. Okay. Uh, okay, very quickly on the new David Hayne and Tony Bellew fight fell through. Do, yeah. do we care massively? Not really. Oh, so it's May 5th. Rescheduled for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Uh, that has been confirmed, is it? It's yeah. definitely on that, that, yeah. that day now. Okay. Might right. be the same day as Golovkin and Canelo. Okay. Yeah. Did you see that they were tweeting that there's still tickets available? For what? Hey, Bellew. Oh, really? It's really captured the imagination, that one. Massively. Mm, I think, yeah, it's it's like a, it, it had a shelf life, that rematch, yeah. I think, and and I think this may harm it. They'll, they'll do all right at the end of it. But, oh, they'll be uh, fine. It'll be sold out. Yeah. People will go, oh, I need to be seen, and, you know, yeah, yeah. drink Prosecco. And Did you feel sorry for Tony Bellew in any way? Not really. No? Well, not really. The fact that, I mean, he's going for a tough time at the time. I think his brother-in-law died, and oh, it, was a, it was a tough... I didn't know. I think he... There was a lot of pressure on, on on that camp to try and to try and you know keep going. And it was coming up at a bad time, and then yeah. it's and then it's and then it's pulled off, pulled out again. I mean, do you have big fights like this where this is you know this is Tony Bowie's career making really, isn't it? His last two yeah. fights in terms of that wider British public yeah. or British sporting public. Obviously, and yeah, it fills through and you know uh, he worked hard, he's trained, he's ready. It wasn't that far away from the fight; it was a couple of weeks, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do feel bad for him in that sense. But this is David Hay. You know, I remember being in New York, finding out that the tickets I'd got for Hay Fury were no good because that had been called off eight days in advance. Mm. You know, eight days before the fight. This is David Hay. This happens. This is, and Tony Bell, you knew that. So yeah, there was true. always a chance that his body was going to break down, yeah. as it did in the first fight, as it probably will in the rematch. It's it's David Hay. He's he's a broken man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Let's let's see what happens with that. Um, one thing that isn't on the news, but we did want to talk about before we start talking about. Um, the uh, the year and, and, and recapping that was some comments made by Curtis Woodhouse. It was a while ago now, but it did rear its head again um, on Twitter a couple a couple of weeks ago, where he essentially talked about um, people having an opinions on boxers and their performances who have never stepped inside a ring, yeah. and that their opinion essentially doesn't matter, yeah. um, and and is is not worth anything. Um, I can't remember the exact the exact. Uh, he did say, "Taste the leather." Yeah, which might be the new name of this podcast. <laughs> we might be able to taste the leather. Oh, yeah, that actually, that's one. a good point. That yeah. is a good one. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, okay, so look, let's 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 start with him there. In terms of not just in boxing, but in terms of sport, if you have not played that sport at any partic- at a particular type of level, mm-hmm. does it make your opinion less worthy than someone who has? I I think it does help you to have experienced what the guys in the ring have experienced. I think it absolutely helps you. But to, I think you can, like Jose Mourinho is a fucking good football manager and he's never played, he's never played football at any sort of level. So I think- well, he has played. He's played down the park or whatever. You know, he's probably a bit was better he, than down the was, park. Was, well, okay. was, wasn't a high level pro. I, I know what you're saying. Is it different for boxing though? In, because combat, of the type in, of sport? in combat sports, it is quite different because um, the, um, so you got the Lemieux fight, and I think after seven rounds it was clear he wasn't going to win. He could have quit, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Yeah. Rigondo quits, and people like myself have never boxed it. He's a fucking idiot for quitting. But we'll never know what it's like being in the trenches, having to bite that in the gum shield, fighting a fight that you know you've lost, and keep going and going and going. So, from that point of view, it is it's difficult to really empathise. It's easy for me to sit on my couch and say, say what's, what's he quitting for? So... There are some aspects of sport where you're not going to have a valid opinion on it because you've never experienced it yourself. I 
I don't agree with him because where what he was saying was you're you shouldn't even be talking. About, yeah, and you're not a real fan. It's Robbie that, Savage stuff, isn't it? Yeah, which which is nonsense. What I do believe, and, and I and I believe this in in sport, I believe this in life in general. You know, whether you talk about politics or whatever, right? Is if you are experienced in something or an expert in something because of what you've done, yeah. your opinion holds more weight than someone who has not done that. I think that's the same for football. I think if someone has played the game and at a particular level, it doesn't even have to be a massively high level, just being in that environment of a dressing room, playing 11-a-side football to a decent, you know, even semi-pro maybe to an, to an extent, mm. I feel that you you have a, a weightier opinion than someone who has never done that yeah. at that level. Now, does that mean your opinion's right? No, of course it isn't. But is it something that people should maybe take with a little bit more um, reverence than someone who hasn't? Yeah, perhaps. If there's, if there's a bit of ambiguity between the arguments and, and there's something to be looked at, then yeah. Um, I think with boxing, it is different. I mean, I could I could turn around and say to you two, now, look, I've had three fights, so you know, I'm, it might as well just be me talking because your yeah. opinion doesn't matter, yeah. which is nonsense. Yeah. So, again, I think it's... There is element in in the fact of of of, of when I, the, after my first fight, you, you do have a complete different appreciation for everything that you've been talking about. Like I'll sit there and talking about Lemieux's feet or whatever being slow and the rest of it. You know, I, I won't be thinking that if in my next uh, fight, if I'm having my head jabbed off, no. uh, thinking, oh no, I'll just move my feet a bit quicker because it doesn't work like that, you know. Um, so I, I think he's I think he's right to an, to an extent. I think he was wrong about the way he went about it, yeah. and then to call people not real fans because being a fan is about caring about something, about well, caring, of being passionate about uh, about a sport. It's not in his interest to say that though, no. because ultimately, you know, real fans aren't paying his aren't paying his mortgage, mm. you know, based on his metric. People who are paying his mortgage are people who've already never stepped inside the ring who are fans of him. So you can't turn around and say, well. You know, you've not boxed. Your opinion is not valid unless you think I'm the best fighter in the world. It just doesn't work that way. There are, as I, as I said, I don't think it's it's a bit more nuanced in saying if you've experienced it, you know, your opinion carried more weight because there are some there are some sports people who you know have fought at the highest level and their opinions are fucking dreadful. Yeah. But what? But are but this? It's a really fascinating fascinating discussion because when people say that I think why why to, in your opinion their their opinion is garbage but then your opinion is one that's come off the back of not doing what they've done so who's to say that you're not in the wrong for well, it well okay um, okay I'll talk football okay. I really don't want to yeah. but Paul Merson said that Leicester are going to be in the top six off the back of a couple of decent results mm-hmm. they got steamed last weekend who did they play was it Palace uh, yeah, at yeah. home they got mm-hmm. absolutely tanked right so is it He's played again at a high level, but he's talking rubbish. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I think with boxing being a combat sport and being where they always say your life's on the line and things like that, I think there's certain things that, that us as fans can't say. I think I, I find it really distasteful when people call fighters pussies or talk about... And that's a word that's used quite a bit online. Uh, pussies or you quit mm. or all that sort of stuff. I find that sort of thing really distasteful. I really don't like that. Um, but I think you can get an appreciation of the sport. I think you can get a really strong knowledge of the sport without doing it. Some of the greatest trainers of all time haven't, haven't yeah. boxed at any sort of level as well. I don't Are they the exception to the rule, though? This, this the, is my point, and I don't yeah. disagree with you. Yeah, but are they the are they the exceptions? So, the trainers, you yeah. mean? I mean, and uh, but take yourself for example. So you yeah. you know you will have far more knowledge than I ever have about uh, 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 about boxing. Yeah. But 
you know, as far as I know, you haven't gone on into into a ring or walked uh, or walked in there. So no, there's only on the cobbles. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, but um, <laughs> look at these ants. <laughs> Mud, smooth as a baby's ass. Yeah. Um, you made me forget my point now. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's people can garner a knowledge of, of a sport by watching and by appreciation and by their intellect, being able to watch something and, and break it down in their mind and, and, and understand. Um, what's happening but I think you're right I think there is a line where discussing people as um, describing people's personality traits mm-hmm. or their reactions to things that happen in that particular sport or in the ring which I don't think fans they can comment on it but but they have to then expect you know if someone's going to bite back then that, that might be the bite back but then is this all part is this all part of the game you know, because you want fans to be engaged and, and to get passionate about stuff, to get angry about things, yeah. because it makes them either want to pay to come and see you lose, yeah. or pay to, to come and see you win well, because they love what you say. That's the era we're living in. Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. Everybody with a social media account has an opinion, and you can con- you can actually, you know, communicate with fighters or sportsmen directly now, mm. and give your opinions. Um, I, I got a tweet at Rigo said you're a fucking idiot for quitting. What are you quitting for? But. Yeah. I don't know. I've never, I've never been out of box by one yeah. of the best boxers on the planet for four rounds. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I it's, 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 it's really fascinating because I must say, over the last, you know, and I said we didn't want to talk about football, but it is, it is what drives me mental about football, punditry and and loud, loud opinion from uh, in football because it's our national sport, so it gets obviously a lot more coverage uh, about things. That I'm like, how on earth could you possibly know about any of that? You know, yeah. because you you haven't done it. You yeah. you haven't been in that. You know, saying someone always oh, a bad influence. You don't know what a change room is like, yeah. regardless of how people react with it. Yeah. And I think and I think it's the same. It's the same with boxing. Boxing is a little bit differently because because some of the boxers are more outspeak outspoken in calling them opponents pussies and call them quitters and all the yeah. rest of it. So I think it does give fans a bit more leeway. Go, you know, what well, say it about each other. So there's no reason why we can't say it yeah. if they then end up quitting in the middle of a fight. So. I guess the annoyance of um, with boxing more than any other sport is that the journalists are, you know, fairly biased towards certain promoters, certain mm. managers, and I, f- I guess that's what frustrates people the most. Yeah. I think it's the, I think it's the, the because it's not team sport; it's an individual sport, and everybody has their favourites. And it's partisan. It's massively it's partisan. Massively it's not, partisan. It's not like golf or tennis where yeah. we're pitting people against each other. It's, you know, this is really this is real sport, yeah. and it's it's always been a bit. Yeah, like like T said, with promoters and different TV channels, and people have their allegiances. I like to think, um, or I don't like to think. I'm quite certain that the British journalists aren't really like that. Mm. Um, American journalists, everybody picks a side. Yeah, they they can't be subjective about anything. Is that only at the heart at the, at the top end? Though, that's the, the, sport, the that, yeah. I would say that's at the top end. And that, you know, there was another thing on Twitter the other day. Ishay Smith got himself into a bit of a Twitter war with uh, Steve Kim, who's a journalist. Mm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, and it was just and st- and that's another thing I find really distasteful is when journalists speak like that to fighters. Mm. They'll say, "I wish he said at one point, I wish he was this competitive in the ring.'" It's like, who the fuck are you to and talk t- to him like that? Yeah, Steve Kim went in on Rigo as well, didn't he? After yeah, the, he's yeah. just really like, and then Dan Raphael was making toe jokes about David Hay for a year after the fight. It's like, Dan Raphael is not a healthy looking man. He doesn't get to talk about fighters yeah. like that. I think there's a line. I think we get to critique. I think we get to critique fighters and say, he was shit tonight or I don't rate him, or I think he's ducking that guy. But to, to be outright disrespectful and to at people, I think it's fucking out of order, to be honest. Yeah, but that's me. Yeah, no, I agree. 
agree. It's but it's it is fascinating because uh, the, the the boxing game as as a whole, like like T said, there's an awful lot more connection that you can have with 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 fighters. Yeah. You know, in terms of uh, accessibility, sorry as well. So you know, you can't. Uh, you can't do that over here. British journalists mm. couldn't speak like that about no. a fighter ever. They'd get fucking filled in. Well, you look at Bellew and you look at Bellew yeah. and, and Bunce. You know, they you know that was Bunce. You know, is was not particularly derogatory about about Bellew. You know, said said what he thought and and Bellew, you know, basically had a had a paddy on the, in the middle of talk sport and wouldn't speak to him. You know, yeah. imagine if he'd have actually started mocking him for you know for the Stevenson fight or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't work like that, does it? So no, no it's. Uh, it's fascinating, but no, we wanted to talk about it a couple of weeks ago and, and didn't get a chance, so um, I'm glad we did. Then it's a fascinating subject we could talk about all day. Yeah, but we won't because it's the last podcast of 2017. Um, so we're going to round up the year. Now, there's the obvious ones like you know, KO of the year, and fight of the year, and fighter of the year. Um, but give me something very quickly, something that has happened this year that made you smile. George Rose winning the world title. Yeah, being ringside with you. Yeah, it was a special moment. It was a special it? moment for us yeah. and for boxing as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michelle Joy Phelps got a hell of a hug off of me when uh, when I slung George her around like it was a last minute winner. <laughs> <laughs> Piss off! I'm trying to see the boxer. No, no, um, she was lovely. She was lovely. They were all lovely. All those guys were really yeah. nice. Um, George Groves. Yeah. yeah. T. Trying to bloody think now. Um, I was I was I was a bit gutted when when Brooke got beaten the way he did. Um, of the eye thing. What about uh, positives? Uh, positives, fuck. It's difficult to really say because um, I think Eubank beating Yildirim was quite nice mm. uh, because people said Yildirim was his top fighter and I've, I think it's I think it's fairly clear now that he wasn't. That win was lovely because a lot of people are saying Eubank wouldn't even see the tournament through and the fact he's just opened it with style was was one of the good moments of 2017. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, that I've nice. got another one. Go on. When us, oh, it was us three, wasn't it? Yeah. Copper box, Javonta Davis, oh, yeah. the ring walk, the ring walk with yeah. Floyd. That was a special night. That was fun. That was fun, and the fucking clunge in there. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was misogynistic. But yeah, yeah sorry. I'm sorry. What? Um, uh, another one. That was that. Was it this year? Um, Eubank and Blackwell obviously turned last out to year. be a terrible night. That was last year, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Christ, that's gone by. Okay, forget that then. But yeah, Groves was. Uh, Groves was 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 my one. Um, Cal has done us a list, right, of of fights that have happened this year, and it's like a page and a half long. Really so long. he expects us like to just go, oh yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, that one, that one. I'm Scan looking, it. I'm, I'm going to pick out a couple, and I want and I want the immediate reactions to it. Okay, go on then. Davis Pedraza. Davis. That Davis was like was Davis. Davis is legit. Yeah, it was like as soon as I saw that, I was like, that kid's legit. It was hands low, going inside. I was like, oh okay, because Pedraza had come off a couple of really good wins. Yeah. Um, and and I wasn't expecting that. Pedraza meet Stephen yeah. Smith, and yeah. he looked really good boxing Stephen Smith. Mm. And Tank washed him. I'd love to see Tank get back, sort himself out, and fight Lomachenko. Yeah. I'd love to see that Lomachenko because he'd believe because he'd believe Tank, he can win. He'd believe it. He'd believe he can win. Yeah, he needs to sort himself out though. Mayweather won't put him in with him either. No, he needs a he needs a fight first. He needs to get a, get a, get a world title and then fight Lomachenko. Um, obviously, we had Andre were um, Andre Ward and Kovalev. I screamed. Too. I screamed when he stopped him. Yeah. When he hit him with that body shot and then followed him around, I screamed like a girl. That was beautiful. But we've had these fights. This year, it's been a good year, haven't we? Quality for fights, year. For fights in terms of fights that we wanted to get made. People not fucking about. 
getting on and, and, and getting these fights made. You know, another so we've you know, um Wall Cobbler was another one. Uh Canelo and, and obviously and Triple G. Yeah, was, one, one was of the biggest one. events of the year. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best fights of the year. Well, yeah, it was a really good fight as well. Canelo showed he's got a chin. Golovkin showed that he's a legit pound for pound player, you know, he hadn't really beaten anyone until then. And then he goes, there's a really close fight with Canelo. Most people thought he won it. Um, that was the only neg- that was the only sour that was taste the only thing. It with the scorecards, yeah. It would have been not. I think, uh, you know, I, I met up with a lot of the Boxing Monthly guys the other day and we all kind of agreed that if it wasn't for that one bad scorecard, I think everyone would have looked at that as a positive. Yeah. It was just that one horrible scorecard that kind of just ruined it. Yeah. Even if it, even if it had been 115, 113 Canelo, I think the, the, the bile wouldn't have been so bad. Mayweather McGregor. That's the well, one. I knew you were going to bring that up. I was going to say, do we, do we, do we, part, do we just gloss over it, or, is, or it does it have a, a place event. in? It was a great event. It show. All I would say is that shows you that you can't rule anything out in boxing. Absolutely There's nothing, no. nothing. You think, oh, that won't happen. Yeah. Mayweather McGregor happened. You know. So if that can happen, anything can happen. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You're probably right. I think I was going to say let's we would kind of gloss over it, but. I don't think I don't think we can really, can we? I mean, anything else? I mean, you've got these lists in front of you. Is there anything else that, that pops out of you? I mean, for me, Groves Cox actually, which actually for for as long as it lasted, I actually thought was 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 a great fight. It was it was entertaining. It was and it ended in a in a fantastic in a fantastic shot, way. Yeah. Um, you know, all British fight in a tournament in in London. Uh, I thought that was. Wait, did Eubank win the IBO this year? Yeah, it's in February. It's had a really good year. IBO, WBA, you mean? No, it's IBO. IBO. No, Eubank Jr. Oh, Eubank Jr. Groves, sorry. But Eubank Jr. won the IBO, yeah. and he fights Arthur Abraham, and the order was pretty decent, yeah. I think in terms of, we, I haven't put that down as like an award for the end of the year, but as the most improved fighter of the year, I'd say Eubank is is in there. Well, he stepped up and he's looked at home. Yeah, mm, I'm still not. not I, I, you know, I love him. Yeah, right? but I'm I'm still not. Um, if he goes, if he goes and beats George. Well, that fight will that, that fight will answer everything. Yeah, but I'm still not convinced just yet. Well, that fight will, as I said. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, he's still got ways to go. I wouldn't say he's um, time for pound level yet. But if he beats Groves and beats him convincingly, then he's answered pretty much every question. Uh, who else has had a very good year? So someone like uh, so I mean Terence Crawford, right? Uh, and I know it's not been as you know it's not been a blockbuster uh, year necessarily, but again. Sneaking, sneaking, sneaking towards that point where, you know, he's he's on that pound for pound list as, as well. For me, he's he, number one. He beat Postol last year. He was last year, last October, I believe. Yeah, Crawford's pound for pound number one without a question. I, I think he's pound cleaned for out two divisions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think as well. But in the general view of a thing, he doesn't seem to be though, does he? And, and no, Ring Magazine have um, they have um, Golovkin. Uh, I think ESPN have got. Lomachenko yeah. I think Boxing Monthly were about to do I was very soon to keep an eye out for that um, yeah I, for me it's Terence Crawford for me yeah. and yeah Mayweather said so as well so Floyd said it so we, we've talked about a few of the fights that, that have happened this, this year in terms of in terms of the fight of the year I think and I can't look past I can't look past Joshua and Klitschko to be quite as, honest as, with an, event, as an event it was a good fight I don't think Joshua I mean Joshua obviously went into deep waters and saw what he had in the tank but I don't think he'll be happy with their performance 
Ignorance. No, but in terms of in terms of the fight of a year, we're talking about yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of enjoyment and excitement and everything no, no, that you no, want to look for in hundred percent. Because I think when we when I bought the pay per view, I thought, oh, you know, what the fuck is this? And then round five and six happened, and then it's like, oh, yeah. did not see that coming. I thought it had everything. Yeah, I thought it, it had drama. Both men going down in the glamour division in a stadium. You know, with with everything on, you know, how much was on the line for for both guys? Really, you know, Joshua losing in front of that sort of crowd record numbers and on TV I thought it was gone yeah I mean and I had a little scream I had a little scream when it went down I screamed but not because I wanted him to lose just because I was like fucking hell this is well there's something romantic about the old champion coming back and giving it one last go there's something really romantic about that and when you followed up for fuck's sake when you pick when you pick a fight of the year one category you look at is swings of momentum and there was round five, round six. It just swung way one way, swung the other, and then round eleven. And then it's, it was just a. You can't look past that. There's not many fights that get me out of my seat, but that was one of them. Yeah. The only other one, it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be better than than um, Joshua Klitschko. But the only one when when you mentioned it to us earlier, Cam, the first thing that, that came to mind was was the. Um, uh, Gonzalez and Rungvasai, the first fight. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, that was a quality fight. Which was which was just. I loved every second of that, you know, not the result, obviously, but um, that was that was another one that I fought in there. But of course, at that division, is never going to get anywhere near the, um, the exposure, even if it is, even yeah. if it hadn't been Joshua Klitschko, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter who it was. Um, White Chisora, I was lost here. Was, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not on the list now. It was on the oh, no, was card of um, Joshua. Jesus it was a Joshua undercard, and he fought. Uh, was it Molina? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, we were we there? No. Well, no, no. Oh, up Brazil. No. no. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Josh Taylor O'Hara Davis. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> I, got, I got that very wrong. I think 2018, this time next year, Taylor will will be on the brink, or maybe have a version of the world title. Mm. Agree. Yeah. Um, now that um, Crawford has gone up, it's wide, it's wide open. All the belts are vacant. He's getting one. Yeah, no doubt. Very soon. It's fucking huge for the weight. Yeah. Mm. How do you how do you guys feel about how Josh Taylor's been since then? Love it. I have no problem. Out, with, no problem at all. No, yeah, no problem at all. I don't like it. Why? Because um, he's beat he's beat um, Davis fair and square. Made Davis quit. Mugged him off. But I don't throw that phone out the fucking window. Yeah, that, out, that I'm sorry. That outweighs Timmy. I'm just gonna Does it? put Timmy on just the table. Just it. Anyway. Oh, I turned it off. Go on. Um, I. I don't think he needs to keep digging at Davis at this point. He just needs to worry about his own career because um, Davis is still making his money, probably more than Taylor. And I don't know, I think the fact that Taylor's still going on shows that Davis really, really got under his skin. And, you know, I don't think he's coming out on top. Well, the, But what's the downside to it? I think he looks as bad as Davis. Yeah. Just, you know, everyone seemed to really dislike Davis. I thought... Calling calling people minimum wage cunts was hilarious, to be honest. But but um, you, he looks just as bad. If you're gonna dig out Davies, well, for... I had no problem with Davies digging. No, out. I didn't. I love yeah. it. I love it. I just think he looks like a bad winner. And I do think you think well, Davies would have been the same if he'd have won in the way that he did? Oh hell yeah! Well, but know. then but then look at Fox talking about eighty thousand all the time. And they say, oh well, it's fun, it's funny, but it's it's a, it's a similar principle. Uh, I think Frotch is a bit different because I, I think he does most of his stuff with his tongue firmly in his cheek, to be yeah. quite honest. I, I I didn't used to think that. But then but I have I have he has grown on me. But Davis is saying should he fight um Theophane and I forget the other guy's name. Unrelated to Taylor. Taylor just powers in hmm. with a picture of um, you know, Davis quitting. I'm thinking, well 
What's the whole point of that? I well, don't know. It makes me. I think it's good. I think it's quite funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it would have been exactly the same to be quite honest. Is the Gale Trex upset of the year? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think Pacquiao, man. Yeah. No, but you can always caveat the fact with Pacquiao of, of doing this kind of lost Globetrotters type and, tour yeah. and the age. Yeah, and... but the girl had the injuries too. Oh, come on. I just... It's... This is this was a, a comeback fight against someone they picked who got knocked out in a round against Darrell that should have been easy work, and and he and he and he, well, I don't know for sure, but it looked like he completely underestimated him and thought he didn't have to be at his best. I don't know that that's true, but that's the the, the, the I, feeling I got. I and think I guess the girl probably is more keenly felt in the UK because we all know what the girls like and what the girl has said about you know Eubank Junior and Groves and he yeah. winds up losing so I guess maybe but we all know Pacquiao and we're all you know Pacquiao's yeah. one of the biggest names in the, the sport I've ever had I have to agree with Al I think the girl was bigger I think the, because the girl was at home yeah uh, Truex had been knocked out and around um, whereas Horn was in was at home uh, Pacquiao had come he'd lost to Floyd but he'd come back he beat Jesse Vargas he'd beat Timmy Bradley again so he was in good form you know mm. he'd bounce back so it was a shock him losing to Horn yeah. but a lot, I felt Manny Pacquiao won the fight whereas this everybody bar Steve Bunce thought that DeGale lost it yeah. was a comprehensive loss to this Trex. was his homecoming this was ticker yeah, tape and in terms of betting odds it was one of the biggest losses of all time one of the biggest upsets of all time he was 100 to 1 on in some places James DeGale yeah. you know it's one of the biggest upsets in terms of betting odds of all time he I mean, was sixteen to one in some places. That's crazy. Sixteen, 16 to one. Some yeah. geezer jumped on. Scott was on Twitter and said, "I jumped on it." Sixteen to one. Hey, Bellew, that's on the list as well because I thought hey, I was going to wash him. I wasn't even. I didn't even see it live. I just remember getting a text message. I was out. I was out clubbing, and I just get a message saying, um, "You know, bloody hell, what's going on? What's going on?" Yeah. And then yeah, I got on do you know? I've got to say something, right? I only watched it. Yeah. Uh, again, I was. I was. I was in the states. I only watched it about a month ago. Really? Because as much as I have warmed to Tony Bellew, right. part of me was like, I don't know. There was something about it. Where I was like, I don't really want to watch this. Right. Because I, because obviously I knew what had happened, and I and I and I'd watched and I'd watched the last round and the finish and everything else. Yeah. But I hadn't seen the bit beforehand, and I was like, Do you know what? If they're gonna rematch it, you know, I might just wait. And then I watched it, and I was like, Wow. Okay. I thought Tony just kind of pretty much took what uh, what he threw, yeah. Um, and Hay would have to be a very different Hay in terms of a you know he'd have to rewind the clock big time um, to to affect it to have a different I, effect in this I second fight. I watched it turned off after round five. <laughs> 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 I had it downloaded. I watched it. I thought round five. Well, fuck this. I, I was I was happy for Tony, and I was and I'm and I'm and I'm. I'm, I hope that the, the the second fight does happen because I think I, I think he'll beat him again. I think he'll I think so too. Because I don't think I don't think Hayes' body can last ten rounds. I you agree. know, so. I, thought, I thought he was out boxing barely. I said this at the time. I thought he was out boxing barely until the injury. Mm. But his body can't hold up. And and Bellew did take everything that hate through it. He's tough. So if he needs to drag something out just to get yeah. to that eighth, ninth, tenth yeah. round, then he can. Yeah. You know. And and Hayes has been so inactive. He's boxed really. He hasn't boxed anybody. Um, so I mean upsets uh, knockout of the year I mean this is Monty Tate in one round six seconds oh <laughs> I didn't put that on there no, I didn't put that on the list, list you know yeah. so that the bivol one made me hard <laughs> yeah. made me so hard it's like someone just turned off a light switch at Broadhurst that one. what about you Al uh, it's, it, Garcia and Zatikana for, for, for me um, but 
um, the Dorticus one was was was. I think because we were all watching it, not we weren't together, but we were all like talking about it at the same time. Because yeah. usually a lot of these fights, some of us watch it and we have an embargo in our group until midday the next yeah. day after a fight where we can't talk about it's it. A good so sometimes the reactions are a little bit, you've had more time to think about it and the reactions are quite the same. But it's because we were all watching it at the same time yeah. and all had the same reaction. That might have made it a bit more special for me. But that was, um, Garcia's kind of for me was 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 my favourite. I was going to say Daughter Class. Mm-hmm. Just because it was like, he hit him on the side and it was the delay, it was the look on uh, Kudr- <laughs> Kudrashiov's face when he yeah. was trying to get up he was like yeah he just looked a bit fucked basically he just yeah. looked really out I of don't it. know this might not have been this and I don't know the name of the guy he knocked out so this is going to be quite helpful but um and um sparks I'm yeah. going oh. around mm. and the guy the guy actually twitched yeah. it was pretty brutal it might have been this year might I have think been. it might have been this year Eubank and um the order that, um, nice. that was great it looked great but I love an uppercut it was. Oh, it wasn't an uppercut, was it? It was a little cook, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. The only thing about it was I thought the ref jumped on it a bit quick. So it just didn't give it, it wasn't a okay. natural conclusion. And it wasn't really a knockout because he, the mate he was trying to get up. Mm. Um, yeah, daughter cost for me. Okay. Man, like daughter cost. Well, like I said, so the ones we had on our list, if anyone else, you know, out of the stuff that we've talked about, if anyone's got any other, uh, any other suggestions, send it over to us, tweet us, uh, get to us on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear, hear your thoughts about it. But so upsets of the year, we had De Gea and Truex, Hay, Bell, Yuhu and Pacquiao. So our knockouts, we had... So we didn't talk about Charlo and Lubin. Yes. So Which, that was another one we had on the list. Yes. Yes, so it was a Barclays for that. Uh, what did you like about that? I think uh, I think um, everyone thought Lubin was going to win. Mm. And Charlo yeah, did, just... A lot of people thought Lubin was going to win. And... Uh, I was looking at all the t-shirts when I was there and I was like, oh, should I get a Lubin t-shirt? <laughs> and then in the end, I just bought a program and didn't buy any t-shirts. But uh, you know me, I love a bit of tat. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't buy any t-shirts, bought a program. And then Charlo just goes and washes him in a row, just wipes him out and around. And they don't celebrate wins the best to Charlos. They do put themselves across not very well. Yeah. He kind of barged into one of the, some lady that got into the ring. And so he, they don't really. carry themselves oh, the best. But I love the Charlos. I think they're both really good fighters. But yeah, J- uh, that's Jamel. Jamel's, um, yeah. he's really coming along. He's probably the best at 154 right now. And so we had Dorticus and um, Kudrashov, which we talked about, Bivol and Broadhurst and, and Garcia's Latikanin. Um And we mentioned Eubank. Any others that you, that you think that we've missed off, let us know. Fighter of the year. Oh, it's tough. So should we go through, we'll go through the nominations. Should we say our nominations. Yeah, or your nominations. Because <laughs> uh, I, I don't see Anthony Crawler on that list. So, um, so you got Lomachenko, Crawford, uh, Joshua, Mikey Garcia. Crawford. Uh, yeah. I, I think Crawford is for me as well. Um, I don't know. Um, it might be Garcia. But I'm, I, I might be a bit biased. Cause well, Garcia is. beat Bruno and he beat um, the teaching him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's enough for me. I think um, the fact that Crawford stopped the second best at 140 to the body in the version he did. Dongo. You know, mm. Dongo is like really good and he completely wiped him. Yeah. Should, nobody nobody had completely unified a division since Bernard Hopkins did it like 17 years ago. It's true and, and it has been glossed over almost with Crawford, hasn't it? You're right, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic achievement. I think he's really lacking that defining win. 140 wasn't, you know, the best stars. But Dongo, you know, had washed Ricky Burns. He looked great when he came over to Scotland and, and boxed really well. And so... Yeah, I would go with Crawford. I would have him as my power fan number one. I, yeah, I would probably have Crawford as fighter of the year. Um, I think I think you're right. I think yeah, on, on balance, you're probably right. Actually, what about British fighter of the year? Oh, Eubank. I'm gonna go for Ryan Burnett. 
Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Tete would knock him out in a round. Yeah, he would knock him out in a round. Frank's off, Frank's, uh, Uncle Frank's offered uh, to no pay Tete's purse for Tete uh, Burnett. Burnett doesn't last four seconds. Really? Yeah. Not on four rounds, four seconds. I'm a big fan of Burnett. He's going to break his record. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love a cute, he's Cuban Tete, isn't he? No, he's not, he's African. Is he? Oh, my bad. Might uh, be Ghanaian or South African. Oh, uh, okay. I just love fighters like him, just like, just awkward. Bad just, men. Just bad men, yeah. He's just bad no, I, I go with Ryan Burnett, I think. You know, the, the Haskins fight was good. I think Haskins was there for the taking. Yeah. Um, but he's always give people a tough yeah. fight, and he, he dominated. Absolutely. And I think um, and the, who was he, who did he fight after? I can't remember. His, I can't it's pronounce the guy his name. with a massive name, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, um, Zakianov. Well, um, that was a that was a good fight as well. A tough fight. Very tough fight. Um, goes for. I know you know he's supremely talented, but he's he's his age is a factor. You know his relationship with Adam Booth, who Adam Booth has these fantastic relationships with fighters, and it'd be interesting to see how that develops over the years. Because you know, as much as people say about George changing, changing trainers, and Eubank have been with him for five minutes and then gone, Billy Joe Saunders with him for five minutes and gone. You know, so th- is there, there might be some questions there to ask. I about think Booth, Billy Joe Saunders is a good shout for British fighter of the year. Willie Munro, Lemieux, and then he fought and he fought the random the guy at the start of the year didn't look very good, but. The last two fights have been quite. Good I think. I think. I think it's come up too late. I think. I think yeah. it's a. I think it. I think it'd be a stretch to say for the year. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a good couple of months. He's had a good couple of months. Yeah. I think you're right. You're right. Um, but no, for me, I, I'm going to go with Ryan Burnett. So you're yeah. going to go with um, Eubank Junior. Eubank Junior. Yeah, as well. Fantastic. Well, you've had a bit of a bumper edition from us. Uh, yeah. You know, a little wrapped up Christmas present. And yeah. to a fan cast, leave us a nice review. That would be very nice if you could it's leave us at a review. Beginning. No one's listening now. Yeah, I know the fan We've got the 10%. 10%, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that leaves a review now will we'll, we'll get a mention on the yeah. first pod of next year. Ooh, there like you it. go, all right. Um, so you can get at us on, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Alex from Bristol. At BC, the Grand Slam. Thelonious Phil. Uh, it's at Blowed About underscore on, on Twitter and uh, Facebook.com forward slash B2B pod. Instagram page, Blowed About pod as well, That's which we're going to try and do more of. <laughs> we will do it. We tend to do more of it when we're at shows we're and at stuff. Shows. It's been a bit of a quiet period, so uh, that'll get that'll get uh, far more as we go along. Fancy League, Cal. So you updated the table. Was that this morning? Did you do it? I did it yesterday. Oh, okay. So who is top now? Uh, oh, it's... I think it's... Oh, what? Shit. Fully you're prepared. a point off the top. I think it's Sean NYC5. And you're yeah. a point off the top? Yeah, because I fucked. I, I went out I of Rigo for the Lama fight. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought, you know what, we're on a double down and go for yeah. Rigo. So is that, that, is that the final? That's the no, final no, no, no. I'm, I'm two. I'm two points off the top. I've decided that the final is going to be Eubank Groves. Okay. So we're going to do all the fights. We're gonna do, we'll do Spence Peterson. We'll yeah. do all the fights up till then. And the finale will be Groves and Eubank where we will be in attendance. Okay. I've got no chance of winning this, have I? You never know. Okay. Just do five. We get five points every week. That's true. It's like Blackburn Rovers in '96. Sorry, more football <laughs> references. <there. laughs> okay, right. We'll leave you to it. Have a fantastic Christmas and a fantastic New Year, and we will see you again in 2018. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.